Atkins. And this is Adam. And we're bringing you another episode of Kyo Cinema. This is the podcast offering of ours, wherein we are watching all of the Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, etc. offerings, uh, the movie offerings, I should say, in release order with occasional deviations, but mostly sticking to that formula as we go. Yes. So last week we covered Super Android 13, and then that led us into this week where we are visiting some more of our Android friends. This week we're uh, covering the history of Trunks. Uh, it's a pretty good little like TV special. It's uh, the second TV special that was released. Why don't you tell us when it was released, Adkins? I know you've got it written right there on your screen. It was released on February 24th, 1993. Uh, and yeah, this is, I, I really wish, I think my biggest desire for this, uh, for this OVA, if you want to call it a TV special, is that it had just been incorporated into the anime proper. Like this thing could slot so easily into whatever season that the, you know, the androids show up like as a two, even like a two episode deal. And it would have oh, fit yeah. perfectly, I think. Like we do a segment at the end of Kyo Cinema. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. But we do a, a segment at the end where I, I ask the question, how would this be different if it were an arc um, or part of the show? This one doesn't have to change at all. It should just be two episodes of Dragon Ball Z and it should have been done exactly like that, in my opinion. They could have even fit it in right when uh, they're done with 19 and 20 and they're heading back to Jiro's laboratory. This would have slotted in perfectly like because Trunks shows up and is like, wait, hold on. Those aren't the androids I was talking about. They don't look like that at all. And then everyone chases back to Jiro's lab. This would have fit perfectly like, no, this is what I was talking about. And then have 17 and 18 come out in the main show. That would have been really cool. Yeah, I mean. It has to, this has to be slotted in after Trunks makes his first trip uh, to the timeline that we know um, as the proper timeline in Dragon Ball Z, because if this preceded his first trip, like before he kills off um, King Cold and Frieza, then it spoils a lot of the surprise, like the mystery of that character. That was what was so much fun about Trunks early on. I think even like the... I want to say that the one of the episode titles around the time that he uh, shows up on the show was something like this mysterious youth or something like that. Like, who is this mysterious youth? Um, yeah. And uh, so th- th- having it after that for sure is necessary, but it easily and probably should have been just lumped right into that season. I think it would have slotted in perfectly just as is. It even has the little TV bumpers in the version that I watched every, it does. you know, 15 minutes or something. Like yeah. That. And it's funny because it's like baby Gohan and baby trunks. Yeah, yeah, instead of Goku in, in uh, like, adolescent Gohan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I normally do some kind of a timeline segment, but, like, this is pretty much canon. I think this may be one of the only specials that is considered canon, so that's pretty cool. I didn't really have to think outside the box. I did do a little bit of research, though, and apparently in this timeline, uh, one of the big major differences was that, obviously, Trunks didn't go back in time in this timeline, so he's not who killed Mecha Frieza and Cooler, or not Cooler, but uh, King Cold. In that timeline, Goku just used instant teleportation off of Yardrat and came to Earth and killed Frieza again. So I thought that was kind of neat. A little bit of a different change. Yeah, so this is supposed to take place 13 years after Goku dies of the heart virus. In fact, like the opening scene of this movie is adolescent, like preteen Gohan running late to his own dad's death. 
Um, well, I mean, like, why wasn't Gohan just at the house? He's homeschooled. What was he out doing that was so important? Like, I his know, dad is sick. Right? That drove me nuts. I could not come up with a good answer for that. Yeah, like, he couldn't have been out training with Piccolo. Surely that's not what it was. No, I, Piccolo was there. Yeah, so he was just out. And Icarus wasn't distracting him, so it couldn't have been Icarus. Yeah. It felt weird. V- Vegeta, Piccolo, Tien, Yamcha, Yajirobe, Krillin, Bulma, Baby Trunks, Oolong, and Puar, Roshi, Ox King, and Chi-Chi are all at Goku's bedside. And... For no discernible reason, Gohan isn't. Yeah, and I it was, was like, what? really strange. Uh, but the other kind of weird thing here too, and and you'll have to check me on this because I don't remember this being one of the like Dragon Ball Z rules. So Goku dies, and half a year goes by, six months goes by before these androids attack, and nobody thought to just use the Dragon Balls on them. And I was like, what the hell? That that seems weird. So I looked into it, and apparently, in this universe, they've established that if someone dies of natural causes, then you can't get wished back. Like, I don't remember that being a thing at all. Hmm. I can't and think of anybody that... that did die of natural causes that they then wished back, though. No, but I mean, I guess I, I don't think of them as, like, wanting to because they didn't get killed. Have, they, have we ever seen them try? You know, like, I just don't remember that being a, a rule. And, it, and the stranger thing to me, too, is, like, he didn't die from natural causes. A virus killed him. That's kind of different. Like, when I think natural causes, I think, they died because they were a hundred. You know what I mean? Or sure. But I think maybe the way that this is explained is like the movie goes on, like after Goku dies, the first four minutes of the movie is literally everybody else except for Gohan Bulma and Trunks dying too. And the first one to die is Piccolo. Right. Um, and so like at this point, Dende is the guardian of Earth because Piccolo absorbed Kami. But that only happened when they were about to take on Cell. So it, I mean, it, I wouldn't think that in this universe he did absorb Kami. I think Kami would have just died along with Piccolo. Well, that, well, yeah, that's, so that would explain it neatly. And then, Dende's not even there. Like, Dende wouldn't have taken over, I don't think. So, I mean, but that, that explains your frustration neatly then. If Piccolo was the first one to die. Well they had six months to bring him back or at least try. You but they might t- have they might have used the Dragon Balls five months ago. Okay, you know? that's fair. I'll give you that. <laughs> What's interesting is one of the big differences between the manga and the uh I'm gonna call it the T V show, the episode, uh Vegeta died first in the manga apparently. That see that makes a little bit more sense to the how I think that that progression should work. But I wondered if them killing off Piccolo first was to kind of take the Dragon Balls off of the table as quickly as possible. Yeah, well, and really, they take off, like, all of the typical tropes of Dragon Ball Z. Like, all of your big heroes are dead. Like, all of the retconning, you know, pieces that they use, like the Dragon Balls, gone. Like, not only that, but Namek is forever away. And if new Namek is a thing, they don't appear to know where it is or be able to communicate with them. Otherwise, I would think Bulma would just reach out and be like, hey, can we get a new set of Dragon Balls and an Earth leader? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you know? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So in the first four minutes of this movie, everybody is dead except for Gohan, Bulma, and Trunks that, that we care about. Like there are still humans running about. Um, but most of what we would refer to as uh, part of the like Z fighter crew, um, Gohan, Bulma, Trunks are the only survivors really of that. Roshi's um, there. He's kind of yeah, part of the crew. Roshi, Puar, Oolong, they're hiding out. Turtle. Um, turtle. Yeah, Turtle's alive. <laughs> um, but yeah, most of like the active Z fighters are gone and they all die in very quick succession, um, like montage style at the beginning of this. And then we're introduced to 
the Androids, um, Android 17 and 18. So 17, we actually saw at, uh, at the very beginning of our last movie of Super Android 13 as he kills Jero. Um, he is uh, a teenaged male, uh, like shoulder length, black hair, blue jeans, black shirt over a white long sleeve shirt, orange bandana around his neck. Um, and then 18 is a teenaged female, blonde hair, denim skirt and vest. Um, and I, like, I think the vest may have actually been a denim jacket, but she ripped off the sleeves. It's hard to tell. That's what it seems like. Yeah. And she has a white shirt with fine black horizontal stripes um, and black leggings underneath her skirt down to some black boots. and. As we did with the last movie, Super Android 13, we thought that it would be fun to go ahead and fan cast these guys. So we fan cast 14, 13, 14, and 15 in the last episode of Kyo Cinema. Um, today, we're going to properly cast Androids 17 and 18. So, yeah. Adam, who do you have for... Let's start with 17. Let's just do it in numerical order. 17. So my I, had, I have two actors that I would like to see. I think they would both bring very different 17s, but I, would, I think they both do a great job. My first thought was Tom Hiddleston, uh, you know, the guy that plays Loki, like he has the look and I can see him being that snarky kind of mean menacing 17 that is very present in this episode and in the main series. Uh, and then my backup, if, if I'm not going Tom Hiddleston, I'm going to go the other really popular Tom right now, Tom Holland, who is Spider-Man. I think he could do a really cool 17 more of that kind of teenagey look and just be really like if he was given a villain role, I think he could kill it. No pun intended. It, yeah. Interesting castings. I would think that Tom Hiddleston's too old, but you know, with the movie magics and stuff, um, I think that that could possibly work. He definitely has like the hair going for him for sure. And I never think of age when I come to these things. Like I, I know think you e don't. even with my hero, I wasn't thinking of age. It's just yeah. like, ah, this guy would be great. I don't see. Care. I do. Both of my <laughs> castings are like, you could put them in there right now and they would conceivably pass as like teenagers for sure. That's funny. Okay. Who'd you cast for 17? Ezra Miller, um, the oh, current yeah. Flash. I like Ezra Miller. That would he's be, got that yeah. like sharply angled face. Um, he would have to, you'd have to do something with his hair. Um, but he's known for um, action roles, um, and I, I think that he's got that like that like pretty boy face. Like I said, very angular. Um, so his face just strikingly reminds me a little bit about Seventeen. So I think he would make for a pretty good Android Seventeen. I like that. Who who'd you uh, throw in for Eighteen? Oh, one of my favorites. She, so when we were kicking around this idea of uh, casting 17 and 18, my 18 leapt to mind without hesitation whatsoever. It was an immediate lockdown. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy would be my uh, Android 18. I feel like I've heard you mention her before. I, man, if I, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that I'd also cast her for something in uh, My Hero. Yeah, I think you cast her as Kami in My Hero. Oh yeah, that would make some sense, I guess. But Anya Taylor-Joy, um, she is... I mean, just deafeningly beautiful, uh, blindingly beautiful, both. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> don't look at her. You'll never hear again. Yeah. She's currently set up to be um, the new uh, shoot. What's the name of the in the new Mad Max series that Charlize Theron played in? What was the name of Charlize Theron's character again? Oh, was it uh, Furiosa? Uh, Furiosa. So yeah. she's going to play Furiosa in like a prequel. Um, she played magic in the New Mutants movie. She was in um, The Witch. Uh, she was, she. what was the chess uh, miniseries that came out where she played like a, tr a chess prodigy that a lot of people were paying attention to, but I never watched. But um, very pretty um, blonde. I think she's got enough action chops. Um, she was just in uh, Last Night in Soho um, of Edgar Wright's. Um, so anyway, Anya Taylor-Joy, 
locked down for 18. I wouldn't even consider casting anybody else, to be honest. Yeah, I can see that for sure. She's also got the super angular face, so definitely yep. plays up kind of the android look. Yep. Uh, so for my 18, I cast Katie Lotz, who is currently White Canary in the uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, she was also in Arrow and The Flash and Batwoman and Supergirl, all of those movies. So she's definitely got that like high energy, the 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 woman fighter, you know, uh, so she could definitely play that action role. Uh, but I think she looks the part, too. I mean, uh, long blonde hair, very chiseled face, like definitely fits it for me. Probably older than what you were thinking, but uh, I, I like that one. Uh, you're just sticking to form, true to form. Yeah, yeah. So if you're listening and you're familiar with 17 and 18, uh, shoot us uh, a tweet or tell us on the Discord who it is that uh, you would fan cast in those two roles. Uh, we would uh, love to tell you that ours are better. Um, <laughs> you already said you wouldn't accept anybody else you're, you're I, sitting not over for there 18 Anya like, taylor joy is android 18 <laughs> i won't hear any i won't hear anything else i'm sorry my mind is made up i might oh, have okay. some flex on 17 we'll see that's fine. um but getting back to uh the the progression of the story here in history of trunks uh so 13 years pass after uh goku dies and everybody else on earth is basically killed um life kind of goes on um, we see, you know, images of just people bustling about cities and even being in amusement parks, which had some like, you know, I'm watching this now in uh, 2022. So two years into this worldwide pandemic where like, yeah, like there's still this, uh, you know, threatening virus that's looming over everybody's head and life continues to go on in some ways. So I felt like there was some pandemic ties to that because at first I was like, why are people going to an amusement park? Like. Uh, I, now, you had an interesting, uh, I guess, take or insight into why they would be going to an amusement park uh, before we started recording. But before I had heard that, my my justifying thought for this was, I mean, it's two androids that like they're not omnipresent. So they have to be located in a specific ge geographic spot at any given time, not everywhere. So I guess if you know that they're terrorizing one part of Japan and you're in the other, that maybe you can go about a regular life and uh, your world is only interrupted when when they draw nigh. But uh, what was your you you had said that you had read something interesting that might justify the scene here that we get? Yeah, because the, the scene you're talking about, I think, actually it takes place later when they're actually at an amusement park, like riding the rides. They're they're at like a theme park. And it, when that scene opens up, everybody's waiting in line and someone is like, wow, I'm really surprised your theme park's still open. And the guy in line is like, well, this area is the only area left with the military. So the androids don't show up here that much as they like board the ride and skip the line. And it's it's a good little scene. Uh, but gotcha. so the Japanese version is, is much darker, like when in the English version, they're kind of cutting it up about what's going on in the world. In the Japanese version, they're like, hey, like the androids are still killing people. Things are really bad. Uh, but we'll talk more about that when we get to it. So, you know, well, even in this scene, like at the beginning of the movie, it's there. Oh, people Pepper are like City, everywhere. And they're yeah. just milling about like nothing's like it reminded there's no big me, threat. It reminded me a lot of Super Android 13 when Goku and all of them are out shopping. It looked just like that. Like the, the city's bumbling when yeah. the androids are just walking around and then they're like, OK, I guess we'll start killing people now because they give them like a couple minutes here. I think they when they first show up, they're just like, hey, you got 10 seconds, then we're going to kill everybody. Yeah, surely by now, 13 years in, they're, they, they should be known visually. That was one of the things that I struggled with in the scene that you're talking about with the, uh, uh, at the amusement park. Because in the English version anyway, which was the only one that I had access to this go around, when they get onto the ride, they like cut in line and get on this ride. 
And the dude who is like the usher isn't immediately panicking, nor are any of the people that they had to cut to get there. They're just like, they're all polite and kind. Like they're just two teens that are, you know, being, you know, getting into shenanigans and, yeah, and cutting like, in line. There should have been wanted posters everywhere. My my only thought to that, because I, I kind of had the same thought of like, this is weird that people don't seem to recognize them and people don't really seem to care. Like you said, they're not in hiding or anything. They're just out and about. I kind of have two trained thoughts. Either the androids are literally killing everybody around them. So the world is aware something's happening and the androids are out there, but they don't maybe have footage of it because they can't get it. Like if anyone shows up, they just get killed and no one's going on site to scenes to recover footage somehow. That's, I mean, that seems wild to me, but maybe the only other thing I could think of is people just don't care. 13 years into it, you're either going to get blown up or you're not. You might as well as go out and do what you want. Right. Like, <laughs> Which, again, <laughs> smacks of today a little bit. Yeah, um, just a little bit, right? <laughs> we do cut eventually to Kami House, and Roshi, Oolong, Puar, and Turtle are all hiding out in a submarine just off the island um, on which Kami House resides. And they're talking about making a run for food, but Roshi gets fired up after hearing about the attack on Pepper City, and he's acting like he's going to like rush out there and... Uh, he's like, somebody needs to do something. And Oolong's response is, well, I can take us down another 20 feet. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can make us go down further. Um, but Roshi's like, no, we need to go to the surface, and I'm going to go to Pepper City. And Oolong's response is, well, you can't go off and die. We're just a pig, a cat, and a turtle. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. For some for some reason, that line just totally works. And Roshi's just <laughs> like, okay. I always wonder, too, like, does Roshi just indefinitely live in the submarine now? Because we well, never see him again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they do... Uh, like there's the implication that they do sneak off of it to make food runs, but I suppose there can only be so many food stores in that tiny pink house on the island in the middle of nowhere, right? Right. Well, and a really cool thing about this too, like when we first see Kami House, there's a shot of the inside of it, and it's like very disarrayed. There's stuff laying around everywhere. There's actually a magazine that has the original director's name on it uh, that they oh. like wrote into the show. So I thought that was kind of a nice nod to him. That is pretty cool. Um, but after that. Uh, funny little comedic break which is i mean good lord it's about the only one we get um in once this, again in oolong is the comedic break that's what you you've mentioned several times like the reason oolong's in everything is because he makes it funny yep i mean there's there's at least one other time that i will argue is a, a comedic moment but yeah the, for the most part this show this television special this oba this movie whatever you want to call it is extremely dark, even relative to most of what uh, comprises what we know of as Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. Um, it is it is dark and yeah. it's heavy. Um, so this is like this flash of levity here. And then there's one maybe uh, a little bit later on. But we cut back to 18 and she's just dressed shopping and she's being mostly flattered by the shopkeeper. Like eventually um, he's like, yeah, you, you, maybe you don't look so good in that one. There is a scene, too, where, like, she puts on an outfit and her eye color changes. Yeah. <laughs> did you catch that, too? I did, yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, they go from blue to red for some reason. Yeah. Um, and uh, so she's, she says at one point, she says, I may be an android, but I'm still a woman. And I just have in my notes, that's probably what she said to Krillin at some point, too, in the other timelines. <laughs> um, 17 still blows up the shop, which ticks off 18, because she let the guy live for complimenting her figure. Um, but 18 is very... Like, uh, I mean, naughty is the word, but like, and vindictive isn't quite it. He's just a, he's just, he's evil. just a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah mean, he's just really, evil. Well, now, what's interesting is in the Japanese version, 18 doesn't like this because she promised the guy that she right. wouldn't blow him up. And, right. and like, this makes her a liar in her right. eyes. And th this actually gets brought up several times where like, 
she says something or they say something, it doesn't happen or they don't do it. And she's like, 17, you're making us look bad. Yeah, it is an odd reoccurring theme. Um, there's that one that 18 thinks that they should be androids of their word. Uh, and then there's the one, too, where they each feel like somebody is is um, copying them, specifically their hair. Both yeah. of them have that moment where they're like, quit copying me. <laughs> and I'm like, that's such a weird thing to get hung up on, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Uh, but we like transition away from him blowing up this clothes shop to him running people over with cars <laughs> like he's just out there running folks over and i think he makes a mention of like i get 20 points for every human i hit uh, and we like cut over to bulma who's overhearing all of this destruction on the radio and they're she's out with trunks like in the middle of nowhere i have no idea what they would be doing because they didn't appear to be like on a grocery run or anything they're just f- driving around uh, but this is where Trunks is like, hey, you need to stop. I'm not going to go home with, with you. Like, i got to do something about this. And Bulma kind of is upset by this. She doesn't obviously want her son out in the middle of the war zone, effectively. But, you know, she says that she doesn't want to lose her only son to what she refers to them as mechanical demons. Uh, but, of course, he flies off anyways. And she's like, oh, you're so like your father. But, I mean, I guess there's only so much you can do when you have a half Saiyan son, right? Yeah, Trunks is just being a teenager. Like, yeah, because he, yeah, he should I have be in my 14 notes, around here. Yeah, yeah, something around there. I just have in my notes that he storms off like a teen to do what he wants, which is what teenagers do. Like, yeah. He's very much a teen. I thought that they got the teen part of him extremely right in this particular movie. Um, yeah, we do catch up to 17 just running people over for points, which is him just doing what we all joked about doing as teens. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's just, <laughs> he's just living his best life again, just... I mean, there's no, um, the, the androids don't deny themselves anything no, It is basically what you'll see throughout this movie. Um, but it is funny, like as far as the animation is concerned, he's really only hitting about 10 or so people who are just looped in front of his car. Right. I went back and like watched it in slow-mo and there really is like maybe eight or 10 people that they just play on loop getting run over by his car over and over again. And I feel like one of them's a bear, like not a human, but like a, you know how there are like the animal people in this yeah. world? Yeah. I always appreciate when they remember that that's a thing in this world. It's so rare because it's just random. Like the president's a cat or something like it just it's not consistent. It's not like there's a consistent animal population. I mean, there just seem to be random ones out there. I love it. I think it's a great thing. Uh, But this is this scene also cracks me up because 18 is like, why are you being a kid? You know, she's like, you stop being a kid. Like, we just need to blow up the city and get it over with. Uh, she doesn't like him toying with the humans, it doesn't seem like. She just wants him to kill them, uh, which, I don't know. Eight, 18 is interesting to me because she's so different from 17, uh, and you would think that they would have, I'm going to say, similar programming, but I guess they're not like the other androids in that sense. They aren't, and that's an appreciable difference between this timeline's androids and Dragon Ball Z proper's timeline's androids. Um, like, these are different androids these aren't the androids that we know these aren't even 17 and 18 that we know like they're right. very different from them uh, but yep. 17 does eventually ditch the car he sends it like right into a gas station and blows up this area uh trunks arrives on scene and he sees that like the city's totally destroyed and gohan actually flies in behind him um and they just kind of like hook up there's no fighting here like we just transition over to capsule corp which is in ruins and trunks and gohan are, are standing there kind of catching up and you know, Trunks is like basically begging Gohan to train him. He's like, look, I've got to fight. Like, I, I've got to do something to, to help this anger that I have. And, and I think that if you trained me, like, I could be out there with you. I could be helping. And, uh, you know, Gohan makes this interesting point. He's like, 
you're a lot like me. Like I feel bad for you because you remind me of, of how I was when my mom wouldn't let me train and like dad was out there saving the world and all I wanted to do was help. And instead I was trying to become this thing I wasn't. And so he's like, you know, I'll, I'll train you. That's, that sounds good to me. Trunks is immediately like, don't, don't tell mom. <laughs> don't tell mom. Yeah. yeah. And cause Bama walks in and she's like, you're not planning anything because, uh, to, you know, you're not planning anything like going to take on those androids because nobody is that stupid. Right. Yeah. Um, and that the end of that scene marks the end of what I call the first quarter of this movie. This, this movie is easily, uh, like separated into four distinct quarters. Um, not necessarily demarcated by those, um, those little title cards. I can't remember where they fall, but this is the end of like the introduction of the problem. The androids are here. This is how bad they are. This is how few people could do anything about them. Um, and I feel like before we go any further, we really need to talk about Gohan's hair here. Is this his, is this his worst hair? Uh, or is his bowl cut from like the Namek saga, his worst hair? No, this is his worst hair. Bowl cut. Bowl cut. I didn't think was that bad. That this was a, is that was a terrible hair. Oh yeah, he looks weird. I feel like they tried to just cut it down to make it look more like Goku because he he's in kind of Goku's gi. He makes a mention in this next scene about having made the gi after his dad to to try to feel more powerful like him. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the animators were thinking with his hair here. I I dislike it. <laughs> I really do. Like even like. The crazy mullet that he had in the time chamber was a better look than this is. I dig that look, actually. That's like when I think of Gohan, I kind of think of that mullet or like right afterwards when it, when uh, he's fighting Cell. Um, yeah. But, you know, this, this this looks like somebody just grabbed him, like grabbed his hair all up in their hands and then like chopped it. Yeah. Like with their hand. Uh, and then like, we're just like, well, your hair is cut now. Which hell, that and may that have been what it. he did. We don't yeah, know. It's been. not like I can't imagine barbers are exactly thriving in the 13 android year invasion, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's just not his best look. I really don't. And now I like a lot of things about this quote unquote, like future Gohan. The hair is not the thing that I like. Well, you know, the this scene is another interesting scene where the English varies a little bit because when Bulma first walks in in the English version, she's immediately like laying it on thick like, oh, you guys aren't going to do something stupid, are you? But in the Japanese version, she's more like, oh, Gohan, it's great to see you. Like, sit down and eat dinner. Like, what are you guys up to? What are you doing together? It doesn't seem as heavy handed, if even at all, in the Japanese version. It's just like she's happy to see Gohan. Yeah, and we we kind of get into this place with Bulma where she's reminiscing about the good old days. Um, and it's funny as she invites Gohan uh, over for dinner, um, he says chew attack and then starts eating like his dad always has. And it's immediately mimicked by trunks. Yeah. You know, I just have in my notes, the training has begun and it's right <laughs> in front of Bulma, the person that they're trying not to tell that they're being trained, but that trunks is already like, I'm going to do everything. Uh, go, Gohan does. Um, so I thought that that was, and that was the other part of levity. I think from here on out, the humor is more or less gone unless you love puns because there's a scene later on where 17 and 18 are just laying the puns on. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is brutal see it's it, brutal and in the english version here she talks a lot about namek and that being like one of the best adventures and there's just a lot of general discussion with gohan but in the japanese version she pretty much just dotes on goku and talks about how yeah. like goku would be really proud of you you know if he was here the androids wouldn't be a thing like she's very focused and you you can kind of tell in the japanese version she's very very focused on getting goku back like having trunks go back in the past and saving him that's what it's all about in the English version, she mentions it like once or twice, but it's not as it's not as her like her main focal point. It felt like 
So. Yeah, she says, um, she's talking to Gohan. She says, the way you eat, the way that you're powerful, but also gentle, even the way you look in that outfit, it all reminds her of Goku. Um, and then she looks at Gohan and dead, like, dead asks him, listen, I heard that you've been fighting the androids all by yourself, so why don't you talk to Trunks? Which is her way of, like, implying maybe you can talk him out of it. Like, two minutes after he had agreed to be like, yeah, I'll train you up so we can <laughs> yeah. go fight the androids. <laughs> so a little bit of dramatic irony there. Definitely. And then we transition over to him doing exactly that. Like, on the beach, training with Gohan. And uh, Gohan actually seems to be pretty shocked at how strong Trunks is. Like, at this some point, I think he even says, like, wow, he's going to be stronger than me at one point. Um, and it's funny because, like, they're fighting and, and Gohan sends him straight into the ocean. And Trunks is drowning, like asking for help, and Gohan just just kind of like, "Hey, you got to save yourself there, bud." And I mean, it, it totally makes sense. I I get why he's doing it, but it was just ironic to me that Trunks was immediately needing help. You know what I mean? Like, hey, yeah, it is. I mean, Gohan does technically offer him help because he, in the English at least, he says, "Make circles with your arms and kick real hard," and then he starts laughing. What he described is a literal description of what swimming is, yeah. but it's not helpful in that moment to Trunks at all. I, it makes me wonder if, did Trunks never swim? He may not have. I guess not. That just feels like, it feels like Capsule Corp would have an inside pool or something. Oh, that's a fair point. I mean, because I was going to say, if the androids have been terrorizing the Earth for 13 years, Trunks is only a little bit older than that. So it's not like he had a bunch of like vacation and recreational time. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> that's totally fair. Uh, well, Trunks ends up asking Gohan about his father, who is pretty much just like, yeah, he was real tough and powerful and arrogant, and proud and stuff. That's about it. And he's like, yeah, that's what mom says. <laughs> like, I'm going to mention these two podcasts a little later. Um, I, I, I re-listened to both um, Eric H's Dragon Ball Z's coverage of the history of Trunks and also All Systems Goku. Um, they covered this as well. Um, and I think... I think it was Eric H. Dragon Ball Z that pointed out that Vegeta's name is never mentioned in the history of Trunks. So when they talk about him, it's always like, tell me about my dad. Or Bulma doesn't say Vegeta was. It was it's always just like he, like pronouns only. And I thought that that was interesting. That is I interesting. never picked up on that. I, yeah, I hadn't considered that, but I guess you're right. Because yeah, Gohan doesn't say Vegeta was... Uh, you know, tough and extremely powerful. He just says, yeah, he was. It was pronouns only. And I, take it for what it is. I just thought that that was an interesting thing to note. That is interesting. Yeah. I feel like the Prince of All Saiyans wouldn't be happy about that. But I guess Trunks is the Prince of All Saiyans now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have that somewhere in my notes, too. <laughs> um, we we catch back up with uh, a Silver Fox Ox King yes. bringing groceries to Chi-Chi's house. So it's Ox King, but just like gray hair and beard. And that aesthetic totally works for him. I don't mind saying it. And this is another um, weird place where, like, the English version, he just goes on about his freaking groceries. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, he's just like, so I heard Gohan's fighting those androids. And, I mean, it, it feels like a total, like, bomb drop out of nowhere. But in the Japanese version, he, like, kicks the door in and it's just like, so those androids, they're killing folks. And I heard Gohan's fighting them. Like, it, the whole conversation makes a lot more sense. Uh, no mention of french fries in the japanese then eh no none at all none. i mean i think he even says something about cabbages in the english version it it threw me off i was like what is the ox king doing where i don't know so much about this scene i was like what the hell uh but you know chi chi is obviously very upset about this she doesn't want to like lose gohan like she she's looking at this old picture of gohan and goku and is just thinking like what would i do i've already lost goku i can't lose you too although it seems as if he's not been home to say hi in ages 
Yeah, she's lost Goku. She doesn't want to lose Gohan. And in this timeline, she never got Goten. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That make, Because Goku wasn't around. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so there's more training uh, with Trunks and Gohan. And this time Trunks manages to make his aura go yellow and make the Super Saiyan sound. But it doesn't quite get there. And Gohan is trying to find like his Super Saiyan muse effectively. Like what's the thing that's going to tip him into that rage point that you need to um, obtain in order to reach Super Saiyan. So he's screaming at Trunks, remember the children, but he still just doesn't quite get there. And what's interesting about that too, is that in the the manga version of this, which came out before the, the TV special, he already is Super Saiyan. Like he didn't get there at the end. He was a Super Saiyan going into it. So he was just training with Gohan to power up in general, which I think kind of Mm. matches the main series more in the sense that Trunks became Super Saiyan pretty easily uh, as a young child, like seven or eight. But I kind of don't like that. I I think it's way more dramatic that him turning into a Super Saiyan at the end is like this huge reveal. Yeah, and I I 100% agree with that. I like this version of Trunks going Super Saiyan much more than I like standard timeline Trunks going Super Saiyan. Um. And the only reason why I would argue that young Trunks in the proper timeline goes Super Saiyan at his early age is because Vegeta is still around and training him right, hard from yeah. like the earliest age possible. I'd be careful saying proper timeline. I have figured out that in my research, apparently the timeline in general for Dragon Ball is very picky, especially around this particular TV special, because... I guess none of the timelines we've seen are the technical original proper timeline because there was some universe where they built a time machine and the Xenos wiped that universe out entirely. And we've never seen anything from that universe. That's the actual timeline, apparently. Well, when I use the word proper in either one of our podcasts, what I'm saying is like what that we show. Know. Yeah. 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 That show. Um, so like when we say MHA proper, I'm just saying we're talking about the That's fair. anime yeah. as opposed to Vigilantes, for instance. I just didn't realize how much arguments there were out there about this timeline and like the two or three other timelines it generates. Like it was pretty wild how many articles I stumbled across talking about that. Oh, man. The internet, I swear 80% of the internet is people arguing about Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels that way sometimes. <laughs> I would not be shocked if Google put out a report and they were like, yep, over like, over three quarters of the world spends their time arguing about power levels and timelines in some anime called Dragon Ball. Like, <laughs> I would not be shocked by that at all. That's funny. Um, but we catch up with the androids at Superworld, the amusement park that we mentioned earlier. They do cut in line. And again, the guy's all polite. He's like, excuse me, folks, you're going to have to go to the end of the line as if they're not recognizable or perhaps he was just trying to be really polite in the hopes that being nice to them would mean that they didn't turn violent. Maybe that's the other Maybe. Uh, that could be what explanation for that. I don't feel like anyone in the line recognizes them, though. Like the way yeah. that it's been in Japanese and the English version, I didn't feel like there was any recognition there. It doesn't make a difference, though, because the androids turn around and blow up everybody anyways. Like, Yeah, but I wonder if... <laughs> so, uh, trying to make sense of why nobody would recognize them, maybe there's been like a big PSA campaign in the world that's like kind of like uh the campaigns where it's like what do you do if you see a grizzly bear now there's one out that's like well what do you do if you see android 17 and 18 and the answer is like don't provoke them just play along and be nice in the hopes (laughs) that they move on to the next city and leave yours alone as if that somehow worked somewhere but that's their only hope is to just be like, just don't piss them off. So be nice and saccharine. Um, Maybe (laughs) maybe that's the reason for all this. I want to see those commercials. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) 
uh, yeah, they're they're just going about doing more things that teens love to do. They're closing their eyes on roller coasters, which is weird because like they're in the like swing the sky swing thing and 17's like try closing your eyes it's cool and i'm like you fly yeah right <laughs> <laughs> okay but um but gohan and trunks interrupt their attempt to ride a carousel and this is where you start getting the like oh they're copying me because 18 says oh look there's blondie only his hair's black this time and 17's like he's copying me so every other time that they've ever seen gohan um he has been super saiyan yeah, I guess that's right. And and 18 at this point is just like, hey, we just need to end it. Like, let's let's kill these guys. And uh, Gohan tells Trunks, like, hey, I'm going to handle this one. Stay out of it. So Gohan takes on 17. And this is kind of weird, too, because 17 and 18 were like standing next to each other. And then Gohan says he's going to take it. Gohan goes to fight 17. And then like 18 is just off in the middle of nowhere. Like, I mean, she's still there at the theme park, but it feels like just she's just not fighting them. I don't know. It felt weird how the distance here but uh regardless you know she's like watching uh this fight between 17 and gohan while trunks is also watching and uh, gohan does get the upper hand for like maybe a second or two but the moment that he does 18 intervenes and then the two of them start ganging up on gohan and they're just like wrecking face so trunks okay. steps in to, to try and help yeah so my justification for why it was that 18 picked that specific moment wasn't that 17 was having trouble with Gohan so much as the fight between 17 and Gohan resulted in future potential rides at the theme park being blown up. And she was like, if I let this go on any longer, I'm not going to be able to ride this carousel. That's funny. Um, yeah. Uh, so that that's when she was like, that's it. I've got to save the bumper cars and jumps in <laughs> um, to fight uh, Gohan with 17. And both of the androids are actually surprised by Gohan's strength. Um, the tag team starts wrecking them uh, pretty good. So Trunks does jump in. And again, it's like street fighting rules, right? It's 1v1 until it's not. And then when it's two versus one, then it quickly swings into a two versus two. Um, so it's always been the weird Dragon Ball conceit that it's one fighter at a time until it's not. Yeah, um, it's, but eight, it is kind of this weird unspoken rule that I hadn't considered. Yeah, so 17 and Gohan are fighting, but Trunks gets 18 to himself. And 18 seems to be just playing with Trunks, but Trunks does land a blow to her gut, which pisses her off. So he one punches him out of the sky um, and catches him like by the scruff of his shirt, basically. And he calls her a witch, which just further ticks her off because I imagine she suddenly had that mental image of her with a wart and a long pointy nose or something. Um, so she goes to beam him, but Gohan uh, splits them up. Um, but a beam that 18 sends or that 17 sends after Gohan still ends up hitting Trunks. So 18 goes for this killing blow, but Gohan snatches him up. And then a volley of blasts from the androids has them searching for cover. Um, Gohan and Trunks rather searching for cover and they just stay there. It becomes a, a little bit of a game of hide and go seek, which we'll see a little bit later on as well. Yeah. And 18 is kind of like pissed off at 17 once again, because they lost Gohan and Trunks. They weren't able to kill them. And she's like, we're like, we're not doing what we say we're going to do. You know, you're, you're making us look really bad. And, so they decide that they're going to take some pot shots to see if they get lucky. Maybe they're going to hit them and kill them. Uh, so they're just blasting all over the place. And it's this is another interesting part where in the English version, 17 is like, man, it would really suck if we killed them and didn't know about it. And 18 is like, yeah, it would. And then they fly off. In the Japanese version, though, there's not a lot of talking here at all. And then 17 is like, hey, do you think we killed them? And 18 says, well, if we didn't, they're going to show back up to try and stop us. So we'll just kill them then. Like, she's not as concerned about not doing what they're saying i guess something i don't think i even 
touched on whenever they blow up the uh the line like the waiting line for the first ride there's this really funny moment where there's like a conductor that randomly picks up a phone to like call the military and there's a scene where there's this huge battlefield of a bunch of like dead folks and tanks and all all these things all over the place and there's just just one phone like dangling like why does this conductor have a direct line to the war zone it felt so strange yeah it's like the commissioner gordon's bat phone you know yeah like yeah. picks it up and it automatically rings the bat cave they do survive uh gohan and trunks do survive this raising of the amusement park by 17 and 18 um gohan is alive but he's short in arm and now has a large scar on the left side of his face. Um, so I have in my notes, just for you, Adam, I said, so I guess he's evil now? Yes, um, clearly. Because <laughs> that's the rule. Scar equals evil in, in the <laughs> AMP and KC. Um, he does have one sensu bean and asks what his father would do in this situation. And uh, what Goku would apparently do is give that sensu bean to Trunks um, instead of taking it himself. So he ends up passing out. And this is the end of the second quarter. So if the first quarter of the movie was the introduction of um, the androids and their their reign of terror. The second one is the two best chances for, uh, you know, for earth go and fight. One of them ends up crippled at the end. And I can't believe that you didn't mention this. This scene cracked me up. It is actually one of the funnier parts. It's dark comedy, I suppose, but he pulls out that sensu bean and he goes, Oh, it's the last one. Kind of like my arm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like that had me rolling. I was like, what? That just felt like a weird line to me, so I didn't even write it. There was a something I had read online, too, that I thought was really interesting. Uh, a lot of folks were debating whether or not or why he didn't eat half of the sensu bean here and give the yeah. other half the trunks, which I don't remember that being a thing, but apparently it is. I'm pretty sure it's happened before where they split up a sensu bean. Maybe even in one of the movies we've covered, I feel like that might have happened. I'm pretty sure it's happened at some point. Maybe, but apparently that is not something that even crossed his mind. Uh, Well, into the third portion of this movie, Bulma is like typing away at her computer. She's working on the time machine, running some tests of some kind, and Trunks shows up. He's got Gohan over his shoulder. Of course, she immediately starts freaking out. She gets up. She's like getting Gohan fixed up, and she starts to admit to Trunks, like, look, I'm not an idiot. I know what you guys have gotten into. This is, you know, she doesn't say this has got to stop, but she's like, I'm your mom. Like, I'm totally aware. However, in the Japanese version, she just talks about the time machine. Like, there's no mention, really, of of Gohan and Trunks teaming up. It's just, hey, like, I'm almost done with the time machine. It's going to be done soon. You can use it to go back and save Goku. Um, and then Gohan wakes up, and that interrupts the scene in both versions. And he's not supposed to be awake. I think she mentions, like, the doctor said he'd be out for a week, which, I mean, what doctor? Who knows? Yeah, I have uh, that in my notes. Did she call a doctor? I also have, I like, I actually like the English version of this, especially after hearing you compare it to the Japanese, because Bulma sees right through this bullcrap that Trunks is trying to peddle, where she's just like, well, what a coincidence that you and Gohan happen to be, or that you ran into Gohan in his way to Superworld. And Trunks is just like, yeah, funny things like that happen. And Bulma sees right through it. She's like, I wasn't born yesterday. Yeah. And I have in my notes, why is it that teenagers think that their parents are so stupid? Like, I mean, I, I, like I was telling my teenagers today, I don't own, like I don't have any myself, no biological kids, but I'm a youth pastor. And I was telling them, I was like, I am gainfully employed and have an awful lot of job security precisely because teenagers are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm grateful to you. It's not your fault, but I'm grateful for the fact that just teens are dumb. That's okay. Um, that keeps me employed. Uh, but yeah, uh, Gohan Awakens, there's um, a third scene then of uh, Trunks powering up under Gohan's supervision. 
Gohan tries to stir up his anger by talking about the evil and how evil the androids are and who they have and have not uh, killed and will kill like children and even Bulma. And this still doesn't quite pull off the transformation for Trunks. Yeah, I think in the Japanese version, he doesn't even like try to pep him up at all. He's just standing there watching. There's a lot of that where, especially with the androids uh, later on when the androids are fighting, there is nothing in the Japanese version. They're just fighting. But in the English version, they like really laid in on that kind of evil persona. and They've, they've got them constantly like chastising and yes. making jokes and being cruel. Uh, but in this scene, Trunks is astounded that he can't transform. And uh, Gohan's like, hey, it's okay. You just need the right motivation. And he kind of explains how he powers up and, and how he was able to get into the Super Saiyan form. Uh, but in the background, the androids blow up something and they're very upset. I mean, Trunks and Gohan are just like, what is going on? Like these poor people, they don't even stand a chance. The androids are just destroying everything. And Trunks is very adamant that he's going to go fight the androids with Gohan right now. And Gohan warns him like, look, man, you're not ready. You're not powerful enough. Like you're just, you're not in shape. But Trunks kind of fires back like, dude, you're not either. Like you're not ready to go fight these androids. And Gohan has to explain, like, look, when you're with me, I'm way more vulnerable because I'm also kind of having to watch you. And so he agrees to take Trunks, but then immediately knocks him out and heads off. Uh, and this is very reminiscent of when Vegeta knocked yeah. out Goku to go fight Boo. I thought I thought that was pretty, you know, on 10. Knocked out. Didn't he? No, Vegeta knocks out Trunks, doesn't he? Oh, he knocks out Trunks, too. He knocks out. Doesn't he knock out Trunks and Goten? I can't, I know he does, I know he gets trunks because it's right, he's trying to blow up, he's trying yeah. to do the Majin thing. Right. Um, but yeah. But yeah, he, he, he knocks out Goku too, because him and Goku are like throwing down, battling, both in Super right. Saiyan 2 mode, and then he finally just like hits him in the neck, un, like, I'm pretty sure unsuspectedly somehow, I don't remember the exact specifics, but uh, he, he definitely keeps Goku from going to yeah. be the hero, you know? Yep. At the end of that amazing fight majin vegeta versus super saiyan 2 goku is super good that's one a of the good best fight. one yeah. of the best moments in all of dragon ball in my opinion uh but yeah uh, trunks pleads his case gohan seems to relent but then he just karate chops trunks into unconsciousness uh the androids are like let's get out of here all the humans are dead so the fun part is over um 18's just like i don't want to sit around and watch you blow up buildings all day <laughs> and uh that's kind of what marks them as as evil is they're they're just killing people for sport. You know, it's like there's that scene in I think it was the first Jurassic World movie where Christopher Pratt is like the whatever that crazy big dinosaur was in that one, the Velociraptor or whatever it was that it was he he started freaking out when it was like, it's not just killing to eat. It's killing for fun. Like that's scary. And that's what the androids are doing here. They're just killing people for sport. There's no reason for them to do so. They just enjoy it, and that's frightening. Seventeen shoots back and says that it's boring when he has to stand around while she tries on clothes, which could come back. Um, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie; like this feels like teenage brother and sister banter. I don't know that it's you know so boring that the alternative is blowing up buildings, but yeah, right. I, I yeah. get it. Uh, well, Seventeen gets totally taken out by Gohan. Like he comes out of nowhere, smashes him into another building, and Seventeen's uh, clothes are all torn up. And Eighteen thinks this is hilarious. And they uh, they decide that they're going to take Gohan out. And um, it's funny because, like, in the Japanese version, this is a moment where they just decide, okay, Go Gohan's dead. We're going to kill him. In the English version, though, they make this like a tie-breaking game for their right. body count. Like, it's yeah. pretty dark. Super dark. That, I'm telling you, this is easily the darkest content in, in Dragon Ball history that, that I'm aware of. And I'm pretty sure I've seen all of it. This is super, super dark and heavy. 
uh, yeah, Gohan breaks into this weird monologue, too, where he's like, you know you can't win, you can't destroy what I really am, even if you destroy this body, someone even stronger will take my place. Not one death will go unaccounted for. And I was like, okay, like, those are interesting words to speak right before you die, and there's not a stronger person than you left on the face of the planet. Like, it was such a weird yeah. kind you of know, like, I, monologue for him to drop right then. I know that there's no way they knew this when they wrote the dialogue, but they actually went back and kind of explained this scene uh, in, I think, Xenoverse 2, which is one of the games. So the Time Patrol folks, like the Time Patrol trunks and some of the other folks from that game, are going back in time. They find this Gohan, and they actually explain to him, like, yeah, you die, sorry, but when you die, it causes me to get to go to Super Saiyan, and then later on, we take out the androids. So from that perspective, Hmm. it kind of justifies the line in the sense that he's going into this fight knowing it's his last fight, and he's okay with it because he knows someone's going to take his place. That makes way more sense than what this read on the tin, because it just sounds like he's... He's well-wishing, um, like he's thinking in ideals only, even when the reality, uh, like he knows better. So it just seemed like this weird, self-righteous, heroic thing to say, even though there was no re- like basis in reality for any of the words that he spoke. So it felt well, out of place to me. And to be fair, he doesn't outright say, someone will get you. He just says, someone will take his place. And he dies. Yeah. So... I mean, a lot of people take his place. But like, he does say someone even stronger will take my place. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. So, the, But then the androids make a coordinated assault, which, like, again, in the English, there, if, it's, if there's going to be a tiebreaker and you both are fighting him at the same time... Not really a tiebreaker. Yeah, yeah. it's just going to result in another tie. <laughs> it makes more sense in the Japanese where they just want him dead at this point. They don't even care. Uh, and you're right. Like, Gohan is not really able to hold his own from the get-go. Uh, they end up locked in, like a really cool looking key blast battle, which Gohan actually kind of wins. And then he, he like slams 18 into a building and he deflects 17. Like there's some really good fighting here, but you know, when they regroup and it starts raining, they just yeah absolutely start kicking butt. Like they are on, they're firing on all cylinders, you know, and I can say that they're literally androids, right? So they have cylinders right. of some kind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 17 says, this thunderstorm is a perfect backdrop for your demise. And then there's one final assault by the androids that ends with Gohan screaming in pain as they rain beams down on him. Um, and that is what ends up killing him. Um, so yeah. we, we, we flash forward in time briefly. Um, Trunks finally wakes up. He flies in and he finds Gohan face down. And he's, uh, you know, knelt down over his body, which was face down in a puddle. So even if he had maybe been unconscious, but alive he drowned <laughs> like the, it's almost like the animators went out of their way to be like no no he's dead yeah, yeah um, they, they made sure you knew he was dead yeah but trunks is like you were my best friend and you were everything to me and this just isn't fair and then he starts shouting gohan's name and finally pops his super saiyan transformation so the muse that he needed this whole time was for uh somebody close to him uh to die and which is in fairly close lockstep to a lot of the super saiyan transformations that we've seen previously oh yeah yeah i mean for um, the most part they're all surrounded a- a- around like a lot of anger and severe loss yeah even vegeta's to some extent like sure he's out on a planet like just training but he's lost his saiyan pride which to him is like the most important thing yeah that's a good point so i thought that it would be fun for adam and i to quickly uh rank from worst to best, uh, all of the initial Super Saiyan transformations. So we're not talking about 
Super Saiyan 2 and beyond, or even some of the grades of Super Saiyan 1 um, that people are aware of. We're just talking about first time somebody goes Super Saiyan um, from worst to best. Uh, and we each have our own list. We Adam kind of rattled off com- uh, a couple of his ratings before we started recording. And all I could say was like, our lists are very different. So <laughs> <laughs> they normally are. We aren't often outside of the rock being all might. I think that's the only time we've really 100% agreed on something off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. So who who takes the cake for your worst or least favorite, at least, Super Saiyan transformation. Well, you provided me with a pretty long list, uh, because we're even covering characters from GT, and including Goku Jr. and Vegeta Jr., who are at the very end of GT. I've not even watched it, so these characters were like nobodies to me. So I I included them, like I watched their transformations. They were okay, I guess. Yeah. They are my least favorite Super Saiyan transformations, too. Um, They're at the very bottom of my list. I mean... In their pseudo defense, you know, a lot of Super Saiyan transformations had happened before them. So they're kind of the, a couple of the people at the bottom of my list are victims of the fact that Super Saiyan had be Super Saiyans had become kind of a dime a dozen. Yeah. Um, I also don't like that they can turn Super Saiyan. Like if I understand what they are, they're like very, very far descendants from Goku and Vegeta, like fourth generation. They shouldn't have enough Saiyan blood in them to turn Super Saiyan. Pan couldn't turn Super Saiyan. So why should they be able to? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I've mostly disliked it because it felt too much like Goten and Trunks going Super Saiyan in the World Tournament arc. Oh, yeah, um, it was literally that. <laughs> yeah, it was that. I mean, it was less comic-y. Like, the the comic aspect of Goten and Trunks popping their Super Saiyan forms in the World Tournament was great. I'll, I'll um, give you this. Like, Goku Jr., at least, from what I could tell, when he turned into a Super Saiyan, it was to save somebody. But we don't even get that with Vegeta Jr. He just turned Super Saiyan. Right, right. So yeah, that, uh, that's interesting that both of us put those at the very, very bottom. My okay. next worst. So I have, tw- I kind of lumped some of these together. So Goku Jr., Vegeta Jr. together. Um, uh, number 11 on my list out of 12 is Khalifa and Kale, who I also lumped together. These are transformations that took place in Super um, Kaba. It shows Khalifa how to do it. And then Khalifa shows Kale how to do it. And it happens within the space of about two minutes. And the thing that I really didn't like about it was the stupid uh, thing where Kaba's like, I focus my energy in my back. And then yeah. that's what Khalifa does and just pops it. No problem. Yeah, um, I've got that next too. I didn't like that at all. I'm yeah. Like, Kale's yeah. is slightly better because she gets frustrated that she can't. Um, and then that kind of frustration with herself turns into a form of anger. It's more of like a like a it's like really... self-deprecation saying yeah yeah that's funny yeah <laughs> I mean, it's... it's well I, the way that i read that particular scene was that she's she doesn't want to disappoint Khalifa, and she feels like she is because she can't do the weird small the back thing but then she unlocks her own version of it um which is fine enough but i didn't like the either of those transformations now it sounded did you have these two lumped together too or no uh technically they're right next to each other so i had them i mean you can lump them together as far as i'm concerned because it's it's just okay um and then next i've got goten because i thought like goten's transformation is just kind of boring like it just happened okay move on (laughs) Goten is also the next person on my list. Um, We agree about a few things, it sounds like. It does. I have Goten and Trunks together, though. This is from DBZ proper, um, the actual Dragon Ball Z anime. Goten just asks, he's out training with Gohan, 
And he asks Gohan, can I be like you? Like, can I have the yellow hair? And he just pops Super Saiyan. And it's kind of neat, but again, it suffers from the, well, now everybody can do this syndrome. Yeah, um, it cheapens it, like, so much. It's just like, you're, what? Okay. And then, yeah. like, the whole explanation behind it is that, like, him and Chi-Chi were training and she hit him too hard or something. Like, no, stop it. <laughs> Trunks is a similar. I have them on this. I have him on the same line as Goten, where he's in the gravity chamber with Vegeta and goes Super Saiyan. Oh and man! I again, I was just like, meh. All right. I have that way high up on the list because, and not even. I guess it's not fair necessarily to have it as high on the list as I do. It's not Trunks going Super Saiyan that cracks me up as much as Vegeta's reaction. Vegeta's reaction. To it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that was enough for me to like bump it way far up. I'm like, God, that was great because he he at first is just like what. Like he's so mad about it, and then when he when Trunks finally gets a shot in on him, Vegeta doesn't know what to do. He just punches Trunks in the face. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's kind of great. He does the dad move. He's like, "All right, if you don't tell your mom, I'll take you to the park right now." Yeah. <laughs> See, I I didn't include that as part of the reason why Trunks was this high or low on my list. I just took the transformation in isolation. But I will say that I have Kaba's Super, Sa- uh, Super Saiyan transformation higher in part because the, of the role that Vegeta plays in it. So yeah, I may have yeah. been a little unfair there, um, but I also think that I-, I chose the dramatic over the comical in that case. So that's my defense and I'm sticking to it. Makes sense. So, so far we've got Goku Jr., Vegeta Jr. We've got Goten, Kale, Khalifa. Uh, my next in line is actually going to be Goku Black. I thought Get that out. One, yeah. That's my next one, too. What? So so yep. far, we're like four <laughs> for four. Dang. Yeah, that one was just kind of okay. I'm like, all right. I, I don't like Rose was just strange. I'm like, why? All right. There's another transformation. It's fine. Yeah, it's 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 new, and it's explained that it's Super Saiyan, but with God Key... Um, you know, I understand that in the manga, he went Super Saiyan 2 before he got to Rose, but yeah, I like, I don't know. I wasn't shocked by it. I wasn't impressed by it. The color palette doesn't really appeal to me all that much. So uh, Goku Black's on the list. I had a question mark next to him because I was like, I don't know, do we even include him? Because he kind of, in the anime, he skips just straight to this God Super Saiyan thing. But. Yeah, I don't even, like, I when you first mentioned it, I wouldn't have included him because he doesn't go super Saiyan in my mind. He's like that next level. Uh, yeah. Cause super yeah. Saiyan God to me is a whole nother. I don't like this Saiyan God stuff. I think it's kind of silly. Yeah. Uh, but so my next one in that case, then I, I willing to bet that this is where our, list oh, we we're diverge. about to start diverging. Yes. Uh, cause my next one is Broly. I just don't Oof. care. I was like, that's whatever. Oh man. Yeah, that's way different than my list. It's <laughs> funny because to me, like when I watched it, I was just like, all right, Broly goes Super Saiyan. We all saw that. Like that was coming. My next one is Vegeta. Um, what? He's yeah. really high up on the list for me. Now, I like your explanation of it, which is that he felt like the thing that he had lost was his pride. Um, but the only, and I, to be fair, I didn't rewatch this transformation, um, but... It was just him shouting at rocks in space, kind of. Um, oh, no. See, I'm thinking the actual first time they show the transformation is him in front of the androids. Yeah. Well, and that's what that's, I was... Then that, they do the back the backfill, you know, where he yeah, does that. Yeah. Um. So I also graded it on that front. I kind of considered them v- simultaneously. Okay. Okay. Um, and I, now I... Now, him going Super Saiyan in front of the androids was really cool, but I do think that there are more significant and cooler ones than that um his was expected because it was like he was already butthurt that goku was one and then he got even more butthurt when this mysterious youth turned into one 
And so it's just like, man, all right, he's he's one two figures. So yeah, and I, don't I think know. for me, like a lot of a lot of what I drew off of for these were the reactions of everybody around them. Because when he goes Super Saiyan, the whole crowd is like, like the androids are like, oh my god, he can do that too. And then everyone on the sidelines was like, ah, oh, crap, is he one of the good guys still? Like, <laughs> yeah. what, are we gonna be okay? <laughs> I just, I something about his transformation, I really like, and like he sinks into the ground and everything. There's so much about it that I think is really cool. Um, so who's who's next on your list then? Bardock. What really? Okay, okay. Yep. So I that makes sense. We slammed that that episode pretty hard. So we slammed the episode, but his Super Saiyan transformation, I thought, was well motivated and was pretty cool. Uh, like, and I, I think the thing that gave it some extra points is still not very high. It's not even like you know at the halfway mark of my list. It's it's yeah. in the bottom I think fifty. We're- in in my list, we're on the eighth spot right now. So for your list, we're probably in the sixth spot because we're I think, on seven. On seven, okay, okay. Yeah. So um, the thing that I I kind of liked, and I think I mentioned this in our coverage of the Bardock stuff, was that it it was kind of backwritten or um, like retconned, retconned as yeah. being the the inspiration for the fear, the yellow haired Super Saiyan. I I kind of liked that. And I think that that played into it. But if you rewatch that scene, the things that he's frustrated about, the visions that he has, it all fits into what I consider to be the proper canonical motivation for turning into a Super Saiyan. That isn't just my mom hit me real hard. Right. You know? yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he, he's in the bottom 50 percent of my list. But, um, yeah, I, I liked his transformation even better. And I like Vegeta's for sure. I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this one. I know I am. But but the one I've got in that spot is actually Gohan turning uh super saiyan in the time chamber mm, i just didn't mm. like it was just okay i mean there was nothing really super special about it i i don't know that everyone saw it coming necessarily but i don't know i just it wasn't even really like heat of the moment or anything it was just okay yeah but he was just trying not to let his dad down and i that was one that i rewatched several times um because in my head it was really lame it was started pretty low on my list but i was like you know I haven't seen this one in a real long time. I better go watch it. And I did. And I was like, nah, dog, the way that the way that Gohan is talking himself through, cause he's in a, he tells his dad, he's like, listen, if I'm going to go super Saiyan, it has to be right now. So give me everything that you have. So super Saiyan Goku fires a Kamehameha at his son. Um, and Gohan has no choice, but to transform or be annihilated kind of is yeah. how it's presented. Um, and he has this inner monologue where he's going over um, how many times in the past that he's let Piccolo down and, and the rest of his friends down because he's hesitated or been too scared. And then he finally finds that motivation for for popping Super Saiyan. So it's a little higher on my list. That's fair. I have Future Trunks next. Me too. Um, well, really? maybe not. I have Future Trunks from History of Trunks. No. Ah, oh, this okay, is okay. This is um, Future Trunks from Dragon Ball Z, where he comes back, um, turns Super Saiyan, and slices up Mecha Frieza. That still is one of the most badass moments in all of Dragon Ball Z, because like three episodes before, Super Saiyan Goku finally beat Frieza, um, and then like in the span of a single episode, some other Super Saiyan comes in and takes care of Frieza in like two seconds. And it's just like, what in the crap? Dude, and he did it with yeah. a sword, which was even cooler. Yeah. Right? And so I've got that ranked as my second place because the fear in Frieza's eyes. Holy yeah. cow. Like that was, that's just such an epic. And you're right. Like everything about that scene to me is just insanely good. Yeah, it's and, great. And the history of Trunks only backs that scene better because you know he got his butt kicked by these androids. He's just healed from it. 
And he went back in time, and the first thing he gets to do is prove himself and kill off this, like, someone that was this huge villain to everybody that was around him when he was a baby. You know what I mean? I don't know. There's something about that scene that I'm just like, ah, that's awesome. So who's next for you? For me, it's the trunks from History of Trunks. Like, it's a good transformation. We knew it was coming. It was very sad. It's very dark. Uh, But it it hits all the boxes it needs to hit for me. It's just okay. Ooh, that one's much higher on mine. Um, <laughs> so my number five out of 12. And so this we just is passed my, the halfway This is my part. sixth that I'll be okay. talking about. So what's your number five? Kaba. Um, okay. Kaba and Super. And part of the reason why I like it so much is it is a hugely awesome character moment yeah. for Vegeta. I mean, just massive character moment for Vegeta, um, who sees in Kaba a fellow Saiyan um, learns about this other planet full of Saiyans and is trying to get this guy to turn. And he eventually gets to this point in the fight where he's insulting Kaba and his lineage and saying, I'm going to kill you. And then I'm going to go to Sadala and kill all of your families by my own hand and then blow up your planet. And Kaba doesn't realize what's going on. Um, and then, but he pops, he finally just rages and almost rings super Saiyan Vegeta out. Um, I think I didn't watch the entire scene. Um, but I think, Vegeta ends up going Super Saiyan Blue in like one shot in Kaba just to prove the point. Um, but he had gotten to that place where just the way that he went about getting Kaba to, to break um, and then Kaba's actual break, the transformation and the immediate just like insane volley at Vegeta is so freaking cool. It is. Cool. And it was the first Super Saiyan transformation that we had had in a long time anyway. So, yeah, I've actually got that marked in my fifth spot as well. If I hadn't split up Goten and Trunks, you and I would be in the same area because Kaba was awesome. He's been my fifth spot in my sixth spot. I had Bardock. Um, I really liked that transformation. And I like Bardock a lot. Like, I think I even said it during that episode. He may be one of my favorite characters. I don't know why. I just really like Bardock. Yeah, he's great. So the Um, the next on my list is, is the fourth in my list. Uh, and it's training and it's trunks training with Vegeta. I've already said it. I really love it. I think that's a great scene. Um, so what, what is next on your list? Gohan in the time chamber okay. for reasons that I've already covered. Um, I really initially had this ranked much lower um, because the only thing I could remember off the top of my head was, yeah, he had the mullet hair when he went super saiyan. It was weird looking. Um, but when I went looking. back and, and rewatched uh, that actual scene and, and just hearing him cycle through, um, you know, telling Go- Goku, give me everything that you've got. This is serious. And remembering all the times that he had failed and let people down and that being his muse or motivation to go super saiyan i thought worked really well that's awesome yeah yeah i can see why now we're into top three for both of us top three for both of us yes so my top three um in third place i've got vegeta when he's up against the androids like man i watched that probably two or three times today just kind of re-ranking these and it's just awesome something about that scene i just really really like he is immediately cocky and of course he is and that's that's i love that about vegeta it's the same thing when he's facing off against cell um and he unlocks you know that that next little level against him um super fun to watch vegeta as super saiyan but his like i said his first transformation just didn't quit didn't quite hit me as well as some of these other ones so what was your third then broly broly Um, okay in part because so if you watch that first transformation in the movie that we're going to cover like next i think right or it's coming up yeah broly's next yeah yeah he's okay so in that movie when he goes super saiyan it happens really quickly like he's base form and then he snaps into this like weird pseudo super saiyan possibly just regular super saiyan thing but then he almost immediately transitions into the legendary 
And when I was a kid, I had never seen this movie, but I had been on the internet before. And so I was aware of Broly. And I remember falling in love with just his design, full stop. Um, I remember my uncle, who was a really good artist and draw, like he could draw really well. I made him draw Broly so many times. (laughs) That's um, funny. Because I was like, this is the new hotness for Dragon Ball Z. And um, that transformation, the legendary Super Saiyan transformation is still one of my favorites to this day. Definitely. So who's in your second spot then? Uh, Trunks in this movie, in History of Trunks. Him, uh, I thought that it was really well set up, but more importantly, um, I thought that it was a really good kind of background for where Trunks does go back and uh, meets up with the Z fighters, kills Frieza, interacts with Goku and Vegeta, like all of that stuff, especially with him trying to figure out how to talk to Gohan um, in that timeline. I, it's, it's just so good. Like the way that it reframes all of those interactions just works for me. And uh, the way that it was designed and executed within the history of Trunks, I thought was really good. They telegraphed it some, of course. Um, like you knew going in, like when he's failing to go Super Saiyan, that they're like, well, yeah, like the only person that he loves anymore that isn't his mom is going to die. Like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that's just the just facts, man. Um, but I thought that it was super well done uh, in the rain that that even just the weather felt awesome for that scene and the lead up to it so this is my second favorite super saiyan transformation of all time well and and to to further that bit with the rain like there's all this lightning that happens and that's not something you see with all the super saiyan transformations like goten and trunks there's not lightning they just turn super saiyan you know and and compared to like bardock or goku or even in this bit there's this huge amount of lightning like striking them and going all over the place like you feel like they're powerful but some of these other transformations, they just get yellow hair, and it's like, oh, okay. I, I mean, it's it's so different in some of these scenes. Uh, you know, for my second spot, I think I've already said it. I, I had Future Trunks versus Mecha Frieza. Like, I love that. That introduction of him is so cool. Everything about it is just awesome, uh, which I think that means you and I agreed with our number one. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean... Goku, Goku on Namek. Goku on Namek. That first Super Saiyan transformation was so badass. I, I mean, it blew my little kid brain mind. I thought it was so cool. This is the only Super Saiyan transformation that I took Polaroid pictures of when it was on the television. I mean, it was something else. That's for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like, I remember it being the hypest thing. I, t- I, I had one of those cameras that could, like, make a Polaroid pretty quickly. And I took those Polaroids to school and shared it with my nerdy friends. And we were, we had all watched the same episode and we talked about it for weeks. I mean, it is, I mean, obviously it's the first one, so it comes with its own hype for that reason. But, um, again, you find the right motivations. Um, it's, it's just done really well. And even just like classic. changes Goku. I mean, like up until this point, he's just this goofy guy, like total, just doof. You know, and then he goes Super Saiyan and he's like, Gohan, get to the chopper. Yeah. Stop talking. Just leave. Like yeah. he just becomes so a totally good. different person. Like so much about it is just so epic. Uh, so, yeah, man, that was fun. I, I liked ranking these. It was fun. It was hard. Like I had to think really, too. really hard about some of these. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. I, at first, when you sent me the list, I thought I'll just leave the list and see if he notices. <laughs> but, but I really <laughs> oh, enjoy. I have the original list in front of me. So, yeah, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, let's wrap up History of Trunks. This is the fourth quarter now. Um, We get a time skip, another one, three years. And I do remember the guys 
oh, was it uh, All Systems Goku were really frustrated with this time jump because they're like, some of the coolest things about Trunks that we would have liked to have had filled in for us, they just totally skipped over. Like he goes Super Saiyan three years later and he has a sword and they're like, where did he get the sword? We want to know about the sword. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the sword is, a, is really cool and it just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, but Bulma is still working on the time machine. The plan is to send Trunks back in time with the remedy for the heart virus that Goku dies of so that they can defeat the androids. And Trunks does more teen stuff. He's like, I don't need any dead people from the past to beat the androids. I can beat them here and now. I'm a Super Saiyan. And Bulma says, so is Gohan. Uh, which, damn. Like, okay, yeah. that was a thing. That was, I mean, that was a thing to say right then. And so Trunks goes all teen again. He's like, don't talk to me about Gohan. What do you know? And I was like, dude. She knows Gohan better than you, <laughs> right? Like she it's literally such a teenage thing to say. She grew up with Saiyans. If anyone yeah. knows, it's her. Uh, then so he storms off, and there's a news report saying that Bridgetown is under attack. And Bulma, I guess he hadn't stormed off yet because Bulma's like, "You're not thinking about going." And he's like, "Yeah, I can't like ignore those people." And, and so he goes out, and um, again, you bump into the androids, uh, and they're bored again. They're getting harder and harder to please, really. Uh, and there's there's this line from Trunks where he shows up and they're like, how about experiencing your own death? Does that thrill you? It'll be your last joy ride. <laughs> and I was like, ridiculous. okay, terrible opening volley of, of a line, but he said it. You have to wonder too, like at this point, the androids have been wreaking havoc on the world for 16 years. Why are they still yeah. within like a 10 mile radius of wherever Trunks is at? Well, that's fair. They've, Good question. I mean, it seems like they're taking their sweet time destroying the world. Uh, but regardless, uh, they uh, pretty much immediately go right into fighting. Uh, like 18 takes out Trunks with a punch. And then like, it's it's ridiculous. He tries to do some return attacks. But she's able to take them with no problems. He pulls the sword out, which initially you're like, oh, great. He's going to be able to handle this. But nope, that doesn't seem to make a difference. Um, and, and I think I've mentioned this before. This is where like 17 and 18 start really chastising Trunks. They are just like laying into him. Uh, in the Japanese version, though, they're very silent. They don't really say a word. They're just kind of fighting him. Uh, Trunks does get off a bunch of, like, really massive key blasts that do catch them. And, like, continuously, he fires key blasts at them, but they don't really seem to be too phased by it. In fact, after they get up from the initial blast, he's like, oh, wow, I did it, like, thinking he killed them. And and 18's like, what? Did, did what? He got my clothes dirty? Maybe that's what he's talking about. Uh, and, of course... Now they're just like dodging the key blast. Like they're not even letting him hit them anymore. I mean, it's it's pretty ridiculous. He he stands no chance from the get go. Yeah, and then it turns into a bit of a horror movie here, which I super loved because you, the androids are out of sight and you just hear their voices saying, uh, "We're in the cemetery," uh, or "This is a cemetery." One of those two. They're disembodied voices. There's eerie like organ music in the Japanese soundtrack. And Trunks is trying to flee and hide, but he's always being found. Yeah. And there's this one scene where he's like got his back up against a wall and you hear this whisper from 17 where he you hear, where is he? And it's 17, like he's right behind Trunks. Um, they're definitely playing with their food at this point. Um, and so they come to the conclusion that Trunks is no fun anymore. So they're going to kill him. And 17 gets the honors um, and blasts Trunks into a nearby river. And when Trunks emerges, this immediately pisses 17 off. So he shoots him again. Um, and this is where Trunks starts asking all the questions about why they're doing this. And they said, well, Jero created us for world domination, but that doesn't matter to us. When we see humans, it angers us because we hate them. Uh, and Trunks tries to feebly attack back and the androids just let him like let him land all the blows that he wants. And he finally drops out of uh, Super Saiyan. 
but I, it felt like an animation error because later on he's super sane again. Yeah, yeah, um, that happened like I think twice in the scene where like he's saying and then he's not, and then he like gets kicked out of a building and he's saying again or he's super saying again. Yeah. The seventeen uh, finally gets to a place where he's starting to stomp on Trunks's head, um, but eighteen takes over and just beams Trunks from point blank, and he wakes up like that's the end. Uh, he wakes up in a bed at Capsule Court with Bulma. And he finally is just like, Mom, I think I'm ready to take a trip in that time machine if it's ready. Like, he, he did the teen thing where he was like, I got this, Mom. And then Mom lets him learn this lesson. And then finally he's like, no, you were right, you know? Um, I'm just really shocked that 18 didn't kill him. I mean, it... Right? For, especially with the English version, how often she talks. Like, it, she makes a point of being like, hey, when we say we're going to do something, we have to do it. He shouldn't have survived this by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, this is by far my least favorite part of this. Movie. And they don't even this... explain it. Like, nope. there's no way Balma went and got him. Apparently. I just can't like, imagine that. Like, yeah. she would have had no idea where he was. It's not like she's got a locator on him. Or if she does, it's not been mentioned. And right. she can't sense power. So, I, I and I just don't see her going into the middle of this city and finding him and not also getting killed unless it was way after the fact, in which case it had to have been way too late. Like, I, I don't know. I just, there's a lot, there's something about this that I didn't like. Yeah. Um, well, she tells him, or excuse me, Trunks asks Bulma, Gohan's dad, do you really think he'll make that much of a difference? And I love what Bulma says. And this is one of the best versions of Bulma, by the way, like of all time. It's a very um, humbled Bulma. That's for sure. Yeah. It's just a ragged, tough, but still genius mom. Very Ripley. Bulma. Very yeah, like Ripley so or uh, the mom for ter- from Terminator, which I'm sure yeah, most Sarah of this Connor. is very Terminator feeling. It is. Yeah. Um, but she says, yes, and he can make a difference. All right. But it's not just because of how strong he is. But when you're with him, you'll just know everything is going to be fine. And it always is. Um, and Trunk says, I can't believe I'll get to see Gohan and even get to meet my dad and see what he's like. And Bulma's just like, man, I wouldn't expect much out of your father. Um, <laughs> And that's kind of how the movie ends. Um, and then what's really neat is as the credits are rolling, um, you get scenes of Trunks' arrival versus Frieza and the Frieza Force, um, King Cold, uh, even with Yardrat Goku, and then the uh, android uh, emergence. Um, all that stuff is kind of shot in scenes over the course of the credits, which I thought was a good touch yeah. as well. Yeah, so that's really the history was. of Trunks, man. Yeah. So good. It was. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I don't know where we're at necessarily in our episode plan, but what did you rate this movie? I gave this the highest I th- the highest rating I think I've given anything. I think the highest I've given anything is a six. Yeah, that sounds um, right. His- was History of Bardock. I'm giving this a six and a half. Not quite perfect, but pretty damn good. Yeah. And some of my favorite Dragon Ball material, for sure. The- I gave this a six. Uh, was it the last one, Super Android 13, I gave a 6.5, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. This is just as is nearly as good. I, I I really like this one. I don't like it quite as much as Android 13, but I give it a solid six, man. I really enjoyed this one a lot, uh, and it's one that I think you can rewatch. Like it's it's very dark, uh, and it's just kind of one of those things that puts Trunks's character into perspective, especially yeah. with them bringing him back in Super. Like this is one that can easily be revisited. Yeah, I would say that if I were watching Dragon Ball Z through. Um, just the anime, I would carve out time at the appro- at appropriate places during that uh, anime's main narrative to watch both Bardock and History of Trunks. Yeah, 
Um, I think that there are easy places to slot them in, and I think that they enhance the material around them, which I'm is super you, important. If you were to play this right after Jero goes, like, is heading towards his lab, this would be the perfect time for Trunks to like start off the episode with telling the Z fighters, like, "Hey, here's what happened to me." You transition back into Jero opening up 17 and 18's like sarcophaguses because that's kind of what they are, like they're little pods. And you right. would just have this sense of dread, like, holy, sh you know, shnikes, like these guys are, <laughs> these guys are going to kill everybody, you know, like this would be the perfect place to slot that in. So, um, you know, I, I tried to do some trivia stuff for this uh, episode, but there's not really a whole lot of trivia out there. You know, some of the older movies, I feel like there was a lot of really cool trivia, but I'm kind of coming up blank on a lot of this one. So instead of trivia, um, I decided to maybe do a little bit of live action researching. And um, I found two really cool live action, like, I'm going to say home films. They're, they're definitely like fan films. Fan films. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, the one that I had Adkins watch is called Light of Hope. And it is about 45 minutes. It's uh, it's kind of weird on YouTube because the first entry is considered a uh, like trailer almost. But then the two and the second and third entry are all one video. And it's almost like scene for scene of this i mean it's incredible like the the casting is great i think the super saiyan stuff looks awesome the key blasts in general are really good like the fighting sequences are good uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you thought of it i really liked it there were some things that i thought that they did uh extremely well in fact um in the light of hope it's takes you about 45 minutes i think to watch it all um, there's some really, really good stuff. There's some great lines in there, especially at the end um, where the androids are talking about, they have this conversation where they say, they're kind of getting bored, again, of blowing all the peoples up. And one of them says, well, we can always build more of us um, because if the humans figured out how to do it, surely we can. And then the other one says, well, don't forget that we killed the guys who created us. Yeah. And I was like, dang, that is a good line. Yeah, that um, is a good just line. Yeah. Oh, man. I love that it wasn't whitewashed. I mean, the androids are Caucasian. Yeah. Um, but Gohan and uh, the young man who plays Trunks are of Asian descent of some kind. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's really good. The production value is high. I think it was actually produced by uh, Machinima. I believe so. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty good. I, I really enjoyed the watch through and it's pretty close to being a shot by shot of um history of trunks but there's enough deviations for it to be uh appreciated and uh definitely worth the time just to just to see how other people are honoring um uh, this source material absolutely and, and you know when i tell you a little bit about fall of men it's about a 25 minute long video maybe 30 ish um it's very different so i enjoyed the animations for the most part i thought that they were pretty good super saiyan was a little goofy uh they did some kind of funny green screen stuff for it uh, the opening animations are really cool because they show Krillin like getting killed in a forest and they show it wasn't Piccolo. It's someone as TN, I think. Uh, so they show some of the Z fighters getting killed. But the big difference is that it's not the androids that are awake. It's Cell. And so Cell is like the one invading the world. And I thought the CGI Cell was pretty cool looking. Uh, the only big downfall I have with it is that the CGI fights not very good. Uh, but on top of that, like the first 20 minutes of the movie is just kind of random shots of places with trunks like talking about it over the shots. So there's no action for like the first maybe 20 ish minutes of the, the little special. Uh, but in general, it, it was good. Like I, I thought it was pretty cool. Well, there you go. If you really like the history of trunks, there's some extra 
uh, history of trunksiness yeah. stuff out there on YouTube. Um, and I'm sure that there's more guys. I mean, come on, Dragon Ball's been around for 40 years. Um, so there's a lot of fan content out there. Just be careful as you're looking for it, because there's also that kind of content yeah. for Dragon Ball all over the uh, internet. No so. joke. What about Holler yeah. Minutes, man? I'm sure you recorded some. Less than one for the history of trunks, 0. 0.9. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, it doesn't even re- it doesn't even really crack the top ten or top five by uh by a long shot. So not a whole bunch of shouting. Uh, when it takes place, it is in pretty condensed spaces, almost exclusively trunk. It's trunks trying to power up. Um, that's almost all of it. Really. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That I can totally see that. And uh, I think as we discussed last episode, Raditz doesn't matter anymore. No, I mean, did Raditz ever really matter? Um, No, uh, come on. He did. He did. He's he's great in uh, Team Four Stars Hell for Infinite Losers. Yeah. And I have a post on Nerds on Earth that is written in defense of Raditz. Um, In fact, I think if you search for Nerds on Earth in defense of Raditz, you'll find that I wrote a piece uh, several years ago now, I think, that argues that Raditz was actually the perfect um, introduction for a sequel show. Um, th- that doesn't even require you to have seen the previous one, but if you have, it makes it even better. Yeah. Um, so give that a read if you're interested. Maybe we'll link it in the description along with, um, we're thinking about linking, we'll link the uh, live action stuff that we watched and referenced. Um, we'll try to link the episodes of All Systems Goku and Eric H. Dragon Ball Z, their coverage. You'll get two very different um, opinions on the history of Trunks from those two groups. One wasn't keen on it at all and the other one freaking loved it i'm not going to tell you which it you'll learn it within a minute of watching or of listening to either one of them but highly recommend both of those podcasts as well awesome well i think that will wrap us up for the history of trunks in two weeks we will be covering the first broly movie uh, i can't believe we're already yes. at broly that blows my mind i am so excited yeah i'm looking forward to it i've not seen broly in long enough time that i think i will be able to judge it appropriately because i don't remember a whole lot about it outside of watching him transform uh, you know i've stated before that i'm not a huge broly fan so i'm interested in seeing how different i view this one compared to you i am gonna have to try really hard to take off my nostalgia glasses <laughs> i think but I, I will do my best i'm sure that my score is going to be affected by them at least slightly but I, at least i'm honest about it that's fair well if you need more content in between now and two weeks then this coming monday we have got almighty episode 99 hitting the podcast feeds we are still reading through my hero academia vigilantes and we do have a little special thing going on right now for episode 100 there should be a form in the episode descriptions of this episode and almighty podcast and you can fill out that form and give us some trivia questions or some topics to talk about you can even list a quirk that maybe you want us to discuss like come up with what the quirk is you give us the quirk name and we'll talk about it Uh, So if you want to be on Almighty Podcast, please submit something through that form so we can talk about it and mention you if you'd like. Yeah, it's silly how you're like, if you need more content, we just delivered an episode and a half worth of content tonight. Yeah, we talked long. (laughs) We went kind of long. We went pretty long on this one. (laughs) But hey, that's how it works when you're playing things fast and loose uh, like we tend to. It's very relaxed. Uh, We got some structure, but it's not so rigid that we're like, it's an hour. We need to cut things short. We just enjoy talking through this content and we hope you enjoy listening to us blabber on about things that we love and things that we don't absolutely definitely so i think that wraps us up we'll see everyone in maybe a week possibly two see you guys
And there were times when the English version just kind of made light of the situation, whereas the Japanese version was very dark and was just like, hey, up right now oh that's i shouldn't curse like that. Let, me, <laughs> let me back up <laughs> i can't even use that as a tag at the end of the episode <laughs> you, you should you should put it as a tag but you're use your editing magic to beep that out that's hilarious <laughs> oh man that just kind of came out let me back up yeah i'll let you uh i'll let you uh, do a retake there yeah i don't even know how to re- 